What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're rocking the Dragon Ball Z t-shirt that I got in high school. The classic graphic tee that you find at Walmart with your buddies. It's laundry day. And let me know, if you guys are into anime, I, I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, but I watched a little bit of Naruto. I've seen some My Hero Academia. I've seen some Hunter x Hunter. Let me know if you guys are into anime. Let me know down below in the comments. But today, we're getting into the real issues. Now, when we're in these fantasy football drafts, they're one in the later rounds. That's where you hit big, you uncover one of those gems. And at wide receiver, I've had a really tough time making this key decision in these underdog drafts. You come to a point where once you get to like around pick 100, you have to start picking between these wide receivers. Do you go for the year two breakouts that kind of disappointed in year one? Or do you go for the, the new shiny rookie? We got Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs or Elijah Moore. Jalen Rager or Rondale Moore. Those are a lot of decisions you have to make at the back end of drafts. And we know that year two breakouts at wide receiver are huge, but we also know face planners kind of suck. And personally, I've been passing on the Pittmans and the Rugs routinely for those shiny new toys, passing on them for Rondale Moore, Jalen Waddle. And I kind of wanted to sit down and do the research to see if it's a trap. I'm, I know that Henry Ruggs and Pittman long-term, they're not going to be great for dynasty. But the thing is, is that if they give us like a wide receiver 30 finish and we're drafting them outside of the top 100 picks, that's still pretty valuable. And these new shiny toys like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, they might not give you what you want because rookies, they can they can underperform in year one. They can just not get a ton of volume. And maybe these memories of Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown in their rookie years is kind of just propping them up. And overall, they could just be bad bets and redraft. So I wanted to dive in, sit down and look at what the numbers say. And now I want to put it out there that the only reason I'm even running through all these scenarios in my head is because I'm telling you the only way that you're going to get really, really good at redraft fantasy football is if you hop on underdog fantasy football, you hop in some best ball drafts because there's a lot of sharks on there for as little as $3, $5. You can hop in drafts. I've been in drafts myself with Evan Silva, Davis Maddock, all of the big dogs. You got guys like Eric Bime for Overzet. all of those big dogs that are in those drafts you hop into on a daily basis so when you're drafting against those guys with super sharp adp with money on the line remember those fantasy pros adps if you hop on espn and do a free mock a lot of those adps are fluctuated by people that auto pick and time out you got 12 year olds on there that don't have enough money to actually play fantasy football so when you hop on underdog you can actually get a lot better and it gets you to a point where you now become accustomed to where players should go you you start to realize okay now it's the ninth round LaVisca Chanel's still on the board I'm going to take him here in my home league because back on underdog I've been drafting in the sixth and seventh round that's a huge steal you're out here literally going toe-to-toe -to -toe with giants and then you can come back to your home league super soft and just absolutely abuse that ADP so I'm telling you hop on underdog fantasy football use my promo code Ron when you deposit you can literally deposit ten dollars you get twenty five dollars for free and that's enough thirty five dollars is enough to hop into like literally ten or more drafts so let me stop rambling. Make sure you hop on Underdog Fantasy Football if you haven't already, and let's go. So when we're comparing these wide receivers, the Jalen Waddles of the world versus the Michael Pittmans of the world, we have two categories. We have the rookie wide receivers, which is pretty self-explanatory. Wide receivers that are drafted and haven't played it down yet. And then we have the face planners. Michael Pittman, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, they're all qualified as face planners. And I want to go into detail on this because I know the, the people that fuck with the channel that are subscribed, make sure if you're new here, you go down below, subscribe and leave a like. But the people that are new here, they don't know about my dynasty content. The idea of face planners needs a little bit more explaining, but I think that we got an edge from the dynasty space of fantasy football that we can really 
apply and redraft and give us that really sharp edge. And I want to give a shout out to DFB Encounter on Twitter at DFB Encounter. He's one of the first guys that has used the term face planner. And he defines a face planner as a wide receiver that lost 12 picks or more of dynasty ADP from their rookie year to year two. So if a, a player loses a full round of ADP from year one to year two, that means they disappointed, whether that's injury, poor play, any of that. In year one, we know from our dynasty research is a huge indicator for wide receivers. The ones who disappoint usually disappoint for years to come. Now I go super in depth in this on my buy high, sell low video I posted a few months ago. I'll try and get that up in the top corner somewhere, but I have a huge ass database that I put together. Your boy got into the Google Sheets. I put together 302 rookie wide receiver seasons dating back to 2007. Of those 302, we have 125 wide receivers that face planted after year one. Of that 125, only 13 have gone on to hit a top 24 season in fantasy football. So the thing is, is that these face planners are going out here, they face plan in year one, and they never really rebound. The only big miss we're looking at here is a guy like Demarius Thomas. The rest of the guys on this huge list, there's not much to, to be said there. So if you face plan in year one, it looks really rough. But what I will say on the other side, what I've been thinking of with redraft is, in the 10th round, 11th round, 12th round, when we're drafting these face planners, we don't need them to hit a top 24, top 12, be the next Demarius Thomas like we need in Dynasty. In redraft, if they hit a wide receiver 30 season or a wide receiver 28 season, you got that in round 12, that's still a pretty pretty big win. So the, the data here that we're working with in Dynasty, it doesn't hold as much for redraft. So that's what I wanted to dive into today to really apply it to redraft. So after all that, we finally get to today's in-depth research by your boy and to find out how much these wide receivers help us win leagues we're going to use best ball win rates now let's break down two things when it comes to best ball win rates first these are 100 applicable for redraft best ball win rates you can use them for redraft it's just a way of factoring in adp for a player's fantasy production across thousands of leagues so for example 15 points per game in round one might be like a two percent win rate whereas 15 points per game in round 10 might be a 20 percent win rate it just adds adp as context instead of, instead of comparing apples to oranges it puts all of these players on the same playing field now here's the other question what even is win rate i know a lot of you guys out there are probably saying wrong what the fuck even is win rate my guy here's the thing let's say amari cooper is drafted in 100 leagues and 10 of those teams win their chip that's a 10 percent win rate 10 percent of the teams that drafted amari cooper won their chip the average win rate for a player is 8.3 percent that's 112 you know one person in every 12-man team is taking home their their championship and that's a very important point when you draft your team and you and you go into sleeper espn underdog once you're, you're done and you draft your team you have an implied 8.3 percent to win that league so now we want to use win rate to find league winners when we're drafting these players outside the top 100 picks we want home runs we want guys that are making it into our lineups and redraft leagues you know we only have two wide receiver spots maybe three sometimes in a flex spot you need a guy that is out here that can really do his thing and get into your lineup especially in those late rounds you already have a bunch of studs that you got earlier in the drafts you need a guy that can really slot into your flex spot, into your wide receiver spot. And I found that about the average top 25 wide receiver, their win rate is above 10%. So we're going to use 10% as that cutoff. So we want to find how many rookies are hitting a 10% win rate. And we want to find how many face planners are hitting that 10% win rate in that same range. And we're going to look at data dating back to 2017. We had 22 wide receivers hit our face planner criteria since 2017. Remember, these are wide receivers that lost 12 or more picks of value in dynasty startup drafts. We found that four out of the 22 face planners hit a 10% win rate or better. That's 18.2% of face planners giving you league winning performances. And to keep it a buck with you guys, that's not a bad number at all. I was kind of shocked. I was expecting, you know, something like five to 10%. 
18% of the time, if you're drafting a face planner and you're getting a league winning wide receiver out of that, that's not terrible. But I will, I will be honest, if we're going to look at the list of names of the four wide receivers that hit, we're looking at kind of ugly names. We're looking at DJ Chark. That's a really good name. But then we got Mike Williams, Sterling Shepard, and then we have Zay Jones. That's kind of the ceiling we're looking at for these face planners. Now on the flip side, when we look at these rookie wide receivers, we have 63 rookie wide receivers drafted since 2017. Of those 63, 17 hit a win rate of 10% or better. That's 27% of rookie wide receivers getting drafted late are giving you league winning numbers. And when you look at them side by side on this chart, rookie wide receivers are clearly the better options. And I'd also prefer the wide receivers in that range. When we look at these names, we're talking about ceiling. We're talking about Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk. You got all of these really, really pretty names, AJ Brown. And they're also not just producing a similar amount of points as these guys, they're backloading these points. That is what gives you that huge edge in these managed leagues because these rookie wide receivers, they kind of get acclimated to the game, acclimated to the game. And by week eight, week nine, week 10, that's when they're really getting into their groove and giving you their highest amount of points per game. As you can see here, Jack Miller did a great study where he found that wide receiver points per game increases as the season progresses while veterans decrease. So these rookie wide receivers, they're going to really win you your championships by the time that playoffs come around. Because once you get to week 10, their, their points per game might have been like nine points per game earlier in the season. But by the time you get to week 10, you could have rookie wide receivers start giving you 12, 13, 14 points per game. Like IU last year, he was giving you 15.6 points per game. And that was over the entire, entire season. Towards the end, if you just look at like his last four or five weeks, I'm sure that it's probably 17, 18 points per game. And that's when you're really, really winning your leagues here. So the question becomes from the research we did today, what can we gain from this. And I just want to I just want to really make this clear. The year 2 breakout is 100% real. We know that year 2 wide receivers have the most to gain in that season. That's where you get those super nuclear seasons, but we have to be selective with who we're championing as our next year 2 breakout. Just because a wide receiver is in year 2 doesn't mean they're going to explode. It's about reading the signs from that first year and adjusting. Now, a lot of those guys, those really prime year 2 candidates like this year we have T Higgins, Chase Claypool, LaVisca Chanel, all those guys are going to be inside of the top 100 picks. Now, once we go outside the top 100 picks, year two breakouts become less appealing because a lot of those guys are outside the top 100 picks because they face planted in year one. In that range, we want to swing for that max upside. Again, those wide receivers that are year two breakout candidates like a Henry Ruggs, maybe they could hit like a top 36 season, but we want home runs in that range. A lot of those players, when you're drafting round 10, round 11, round 12, they're going to get dropped anyways. You're probably going to drop them into your waiver pool by week two. So you might as well just go swing for the absolute highest upside possible. Remember, we're not trying to fuck around and get fourth. We're out here. If you subscribe to the Ron Stewart channel, we're out here trying to win chips. When we look at the rookie wide receivers versus the face planners side by side, in this research, it pretty much tells us that we should hammer these rookies by default, given their league winning rates. Now they are winning leagues at a higher rate. They offer more upside and are powerhouses in the playoffs when they do hit. So the bottom line is that we should be drafting these rookie wide receivers, not the forgotten rookie wide receivers from last year. That's going to do it for today. Let me know down below in the comments who your favorite rookie wide receiver is to draft this season. And while you're down there, come up to the description, join the discord, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. I'm telling you guys, we're going to get as close to uploading daily as possible this summer. I want to bring you guys as much heat as I can. Now, if so it's a follow-up video, I'm going to, I'm going to come out with a video where I post my favorite rookie wide receiver targets going outside the top 100 picks. So the guys that kind of fit this criteria. And now I will say, I'll admit 18% is actually pretty solid for these face planning year two guys. If the rookies are off the board, I don't think that they're, they're a bad swing to take. Now, here's the question. Should I make a video on these face planning year two guys that I'm avoiding? Should I make one on where I kind of play with fire and I talk about, you know, if I if I had to take one of these year two face planners, who would they be? So let me know. I'm not sure. Now, 
all of this thinking, all of these ideas where I'm doing all this research, it's directly reflected in my rankings that are in the Patreon. I'm telling you the best deal in all of fantasy football for only $5. You get my redraft rankings, which have one QB and super flex rankings. You get my dynasty rankings, which have one QB and super flex rankings. You get exclusive access on the discord to my trade advice channels, to my buys and sells channels. You can hit me up directly when you're on the clock, when you're making trades, all of that good stuff. I'm telling you, it is the best deal in all of fantasy football. If you don't want to go out and buy somebody's draft guide for $25, $35, $50 or whatever, for $5, you can get direct access to me for advice and you can get all of my rankings on the discord on Patreon. So make sure you go check that out. Now, as always, you can follow me at Ron store underscore on Twitter. I'm going to try and go super hard on this YouTube shit from now until week one. So if you're rocking with me, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, and as always, I'll see you guys in the next one.